My name is Jeremy Kirkland, and this is Blamo, a podcast exploring the world of fashion with the people who shape it. My guest this week is actor Jake Lacey. Jake and I discuss his career as an actor, from being on The Office to acting alongside Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams. We also discuss his upcoming TV series with Zoe Kravitz on Hulu. And finally, how his love of clothing helped him learn more about himself. It's Jake Lacey. Hi. You're like a a real actor, like a real working actor. You know, it's funny because... Like, if you mention your name to certain people, some people talk about, like, oh, The Office or Plop, you know, or Pete and all that other stuff. And then, like, I mean, I saw you on Fosse Verdon, which is, yeah, FX show, unbelievable. Yes. Um, and so, and obviously, like, your range in that is kind of all over the map, in which you're, like, a comedy dude working at an office, hanging out with, yes. you know, quote, Aaron Hannon, to, you know, going and interacting with, like, one of the greatest Broadway choreographers of all time. That's kind of what actors do. I assume, but yes. the other side of this, because you're like a, a clothing dude, you're like super <laughs> into double RL and you like have your own taste. You're not just like a guy who has a stylist say, oh, I have to wear this. Like you showed up here wearing like a Kamala jacket. Yes. <laughs> dude, that's like OG stuff. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's, you know, like that's kind of the odd like thrill of uh, being on this podcast of being here is like this interest in like uh style and menswear and that kind of stuff is uh an obsessive like hobby you know and so to step into like the world that's not a hobby you know to step into to like the world where like people are actually doing this for a life and uh, a living is sort of fun to be like oh it feels a little like if you like won a guest role off of like a radio program and being like I'm going to be the bad kid in one episode of Saved by the Bell. Like, <laughs> I always wanted to be an actor. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like that to be like, oh, I'm, wow, you interviewed a lot of people that I am intrigued by and, like, well, interested they- in, inspired by, and, you know, and then to be here is like, oh, this is what a podcast is. Cool. Is this your first podcast? Uh, no, I've done, I was like a guest on... Uh, you know, E has a podcast or something, you know, where you just show up and they're like, you're here for the thing. All right. And you do five minutes of like, oh, cool. And then leave. <laughs> you know, it's right. not like, oh, let's talk about stuff. Um, Are you going to, I imagine, you know, so there's the Office Ladies podcast that just came out right. with Jenna Fisher. I heard about that. And uh, Angela, well, yes. Angela Kinsey. But yes. I imagine you'll go on that because they're trying to get all the old cast members to come back. It's uh, a pretty fire podcast, by the way. I would do it. Have you listened to it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. I Dude, all I do is listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would go on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to shun it. I'm not like, no, thank you. <laughs> well, let's let's jump back super sure, super sure. far. So you're you're from North Carolina. I'm from Vermont, but I went to school in North Carolina. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I grew up in Vermont. But you're like total East Coast, dude. Yes. Yeah, I've tried LA a couple times and couldn't. Uh, couldn't hang. Why not? Couldn't deal. So, uh, my experience in LA is that, like, coming from the East Coast, a lot of people were like, they give you these really general, pretty unfair cliche, like, everyone's shallow. Everyone's fake. And you're like, what is that even? Come on. And so, I, you know, wanted to, like, withhold my 
experience, my judgment of that until I experience it myself. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I think the thing that mostly like that I have a hard time with in, in LA is that like, there's a real, um, like the priorities of that, like status culture is different than my priorities as a person, but I very quickly take them on as my own. So if I spend a month out there, I start to be like, ah, I feel weird out here. I feel like I don't totally click into the thing here. And then two months later, I'm like, why don't I have a better car? This car sucks. And then I start to be like, this apartment sucks. Like, why don't I live in a better neighborhood? And then I start, you know, it's like I start to take on the, I start to make those priorities my priorities. And it leaves me feeling really lost because I feel like I'm not me anymore, but I'm also not really the guy who's like, fuck it. I'm going all in. I'm going to get this like fancy car and live in the fancy neighborhood and let everybody know. <laughs> you know? So you, like you chose a hell of a profession. If that's going to be something you wrestle with. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody look at me and I don't want to go to LA. Cool, yeah. man. Cool. Be an actor. <laughs> well, so wait, how did you even become an actor? Cause you, I mean, did you go to school for it. Yeah. So I was really lucky that the, the elementary school that I went to had like an after school acting program, which I, I'm only giving a shout out because like you our said, programs get gutted and nobody you said that. elementary school, elementary school. Yeah. We had like school plays, you know? Whoa. Uh, and big, like the Chris, a Christmas Carol or like, you know, in high school it's like guys and dolls doing a musical and you know, and wait, at what grade three? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Kindergarten, you start to like do a play. This is also just like a public school in central Vermont. This isn't like a private school. It's not a fancy thing. It's not pay. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. just like the same as you have gym class and art class. And there's like after school drama and sports. And so I did all that stuff. And then the same in high school. And I, I tried to drop out of high school. Cause I was like, I don't, cause kind of just to being a punk about it and was like, I'm not ever going to, what am I going to use pre-calc? This is stupid. But you tried to drop out of high school? Yeah, I'm repeating parents... these things only because I'm very caught off guard by them. <laughs> tried to drop out of high school and my parents, you know, obviously to their credit, were like, that's not a thing. We're not going to, you know, like you can't do that. <laughs> and they, they really... Um, well, at least you asked them first. Most people that drop out of high school, they don't really run it by their folks. <laughs> yeah, or there's a situation where the parents are like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like true. that you've created an environment where like, who cares about school is... Um, reciprocated right um which was not the case in my house and uh thankfully and so then my parents you know we looked at like going to another school or or you know that had like an arts program or something but really it's that i was just kind of being a a punk it's not because i was like you know a once in a generation talent that like needed to be seen by the world i was just like i don't want to do this right and um and and man like just by the wonderful coincidence of, I don't know, the universe, I guess. But, like, just north of where I grew up, there was a, a program that was in a vocational school that was, like, diesel mechanics and uh, agriculture. And like a culinary. trade school. Yeah, yeah. Some for kids in high school who wanted to, like, get their diploma and have a skill set and, like, enter the workforce at 18. Or right. some for, like, adult learning in the evenings. They would offer classes for people who maybe needed to get their GED and have a skill set and move on. And within that, there was a an arts program um, started by a guy who had grown up in Middlebury, Vermont, and then went to North Carolina school, of the arts and was an actor for 10 years and then moved back to Vermont and started this educational program. And so I got plugged into that thing and um, 
and it like saved me, you know, like then I went to North Carolina school of the arts. I got into college through them helping me like, Oh, that's really beautiful. Get my credits and like work on an audition and not completely sabotage myself at like 17. And, um, and so then I went to school in North Carolina for four years and, uh, and then moved to New York in Oh eight. And then I've like bounced back and forth between here and LA, um, against my will, as we've noted, um, <laughs> no, uh, willingly for like 10, 10, 11 years. Wait. Okay. So you, if you came out here in 08, I mean, cause I think a lot of people probably know you, which from the office. Yeah. That's probably the most. And the office, you were on the office in what? 2010, 11, maybe 11. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe 11. That's a pretty quick. Yes. I mean, when you look at people like, like John Hamm, yes, who basically was a you know air quote working actor for a decade before he got Mad Men. You go on at and also when you were on the Office, it was probably the biggest show on TV. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I was there the last year, so I think there was a renewed excitement. Greg Daniels had come back, and it was yeah. like, oh, this is the last year we're gonna people are gonna tune in. But it was my favorite show before I was on it. You know, like. And then when I was on it, I hated it. But no, 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 no. It really was like if you had been like, "Oh, you can be on any show," I'd be like, "Oh, The Office, easily." And then got to do it, which is still uh, surreal. Yeah. In thinking about it, like if someone, you know, um, you're looking up right now. I just yeah, I just don't know how to explain being like, um, so thrilled by an experience that you sort of black out for, for like eight months, you know, and then be like, I think I was just on that show. Well, I mean, obviously you didn't get on it because you knew a guy. It sounds like you, you were on this because of what you were doing and like what you, I mean, did you, what was the, what were the projects that you were working on before the office even comes up? So I graduated from school and then didn't really know how to like, sh I took a bunch of meetings, right? Like we do a showcase when you get out of school where you audition, you don't audition. You do like a couple scenes along with your class in front of invited agents and managers and casting directors. And the hope is that you get signed from that, you know? Right. And the more prestigious schools or schools with better reputations, they, um, it's probably a higher caliber agent or manager who's showing up to that. Right. Um, and I met with a bunch of people and didn't get signed and I didn't, I didn't understand that you should like call back. You know, I, I was sort of like, you they, should call back. Yeah. Like you go meet them mm -hmm. and then it would behoove you to call and say like, I had a great time meeting you and I'd love to be represented by you. Oh, okay. That I was like, I don't want to bother people. Them. If they like me, they'll call. I'm not going to chase them down. Cause that feels really needy and gross. And like, I don't want to be annoying like that. Right. Whereas now I understand like if you were going to hire somebody, and you interviewed 10 people, the person who called and said, I'd love to work with you. You might be like that guy. That's fair. That person has like drive and interest and is willing to put themselves out there and seems to care about this in a way that maybe the other nine were a little hesitant and like, I don't need a guy who's hesitant. I need somebody who's like ready to roll. Right. right. And I didn't understand that. So then I just drifted around for a year. I wound up with um, a manager through a casting director who very generously helped me out and still have that manager now. And, um, and then we just started auditioning. I started auditioning and I got a pilot for a multicam show that was called better with you. And that turned into like, they picked us up and then it ran for a full year. And so at like 24, I was on like a multicam show on ABC at eight o'clock and, uh, went from waiting tables at a restaurant here to like, to, to doing that, you know? Um, and then that show got canceled 
I did a pilot that I, I was so excited to be in that I was like, this is the, oh, man, this is just the pinnacle of, and I got replaced <laughs> after the show got picked up. They replaced me with TJ Miller. Um, oh, yeah. Cause he and I go out for a lot of stuff together. You know, he and I are pretty similar. <laughs> I can see types. the overlapping. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, I mean, this may sound like kind of a, excuse my ignorance here, but like, what does that do to you where, I mean, you're in a career about being like embraced full on, but also really rejected at the same time. You, you know, mean, I mean, that's the like the norm of my business is yeah. like, we love you, we love you, we hate you, we love well, you, we hate you. I wouldn't say that we hate you, but like you just said, like you were on this thing and you're, you're doing a show and then all of a sudden they replace you. Yeah. Like, well, what is that? What does that mean? I took it, I mean, early on, I took everything really personally. Yeah. You know? I thought I'd never work again because for years, every time a job ended, I thought like, that's it. I'm never, I'm unhirable. I'll never work again. Right. And that I got replaced in the spring, didn't work at all through the summer. And then was in Vermont with my family and my manager called and was like, the office is going to add two guys. They're young and they've already, one of them is Clark Duke. They've already like added him and they're going to audition and they want to see you. And, and I was like, there's a certain like bravado and naivete. I think that it takes to like continue on in this business to be like, it's going to work out (laughs) like, okay. There's millions of people saying that. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is mine. This is it. This is mine. And came back to New York and auditioned here and they sent my tape and then they wanted to test me. So I flew out and I got there and there's like 10 other guys who, I mean, half of them you see on stuff all the time now. Like, that's the other thing is, like, testing for these things, auditioning stuff. You see, like, the same, like, you you bump into the same guys, but then also over a decade you see them, like, get their own show. You see them do their thing. You see them in this movie. Like, I used to be like, this guy. And now I'm like, good for him, man. Like, way to go. Like, championing people's success because what's the point in, like, hating on it? But, I mean, you, so you go on something like that, and then obviously the office ends. But the good thing is, like, you know, you don't end at all. I mean, you're... You know, like like everyone else. I mean, you have this this like IMDb of like tons of movies and little things, and then you know, I definitely want to talk about Fosse Verdon, yeah, because you get to go on with Sam Rockwell, yes, who you know people like freak out like that dude does like method acting stuff, and then I mean he's he's an OG. Uh, my first interaction and love of Sam Rockwell was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, phenomenal. <laughs> the regular or menthol line? Yeah. That's his, uh, that's what he references when I'm like, so what are you most proud of, Sam? He was like, TMNT, man. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. I thought Moon was really good. But... Yeah. yeah, it's fine, man. No, it's good, man. That's, that's pretty crazy, especially when you, you know, yeah, we were talking about, you know, you had like six months where nothing's going on. I think a lot of people think that, oh, like, you know, you're an actor and you make, you know, you probably have like a bunch of Teslas and a bunch of, you know, but it's, it's, I think that from talking to other actors of, you know, various stages of success, I think the, the line that runs through it all is like figuring out, like, there's almost like this idle hands type thing that exists where not just when you're on set and, you know, maybe you're only like air quote on cam like working or on camera for like an hour of a 14 hour day but also there's just these lulls in your life and career where you're trying to figure out like what's next yes what, what are you doing during those times 
Well, a lot of the time it's been really unproductive to be it not only unproductive, detrimental, like in a terrible way. That's how I got into, that's how I became obsessively interested in menswear was that I would fill my time. Nice segue, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you guys feel that? Ooh, shifting gears. This episode is sponsored by CDLP. Underwear so good, I want to talk about it on a podcast. Ever since I discovered the brand, I have been obsessed with their super comfortable and sleek underwear. If you care about your clothing, you should care about your underwear. So check out CDLP. Their underwear is made with a premium and sustainable fabric called Lyocell, a soft and silky sustainable fabric that's more durable, doesn't lose color, and requires less water than cotton. It's even antibacterial and anti-odor. I've been wearing the boxer trunk and have recently switched all of my underwear over. They're incredibly comfortable and have a low waist with a short leg. It's not as long as a boxer brief, but not as short as a standard brief. It's perfect. Best of all, CDLP underwear is designed with men's tailoring in mind. So there's no tacky prints or gimmicky waistband logos. Just simple, elegant underwear in a variety of neutral colors. Right now, CDLP is offering 10% off for Blamo listeners. Just go to cdlp.com and use promo code Blamo at checkout. That's cdlp.com and use promo code Blamo at checkout. So get moving and upgrade your drawers. <laughs> um. Uh, so wait, this is how you get into menswear. I I like always really, really starting in college, like saw double RL and was like, that's, I want that. I want all that stuff. I want all of it. That's my vibe. Uh, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> like I come from like rural new England, but I'm also like a little bit of a fancy boy and want that like fa- fancy boy, uh, rustic workwear stuff, you know? And also, like, as a kid, had been really jealous of the people from, like, Connecticut and Boston and New York who would come up and ski and have, like, polo this and polo that and, like, drive up in their Beamer and then uh, drive back home. And- are you referring to what people call rich people? Yeah. And we call them, like, <laughs> flatlanders. People, like, who don't come from the mountains, you know? A bunch of flatlanders riding up here. And uh, I both, like, really despised them and also really wanted, like, what they had, you know? And so then in college was was very much like, Ooh, I want that, I want that polo life, you know? Yeah, man. Um, and so in the downtimes of acting, I would, it, it was like an exercise in construction and being like, um, I'm going to be this person and somehow thinking that like clothes were going to de- make that happen to be like, if I dress this way, now I'll feel this way about myself. If I pour myself into this, then I'll feel that way about myself. And each of those things, like being both an interest and then very quickly, like a, a, a needless obsession, got really into denim and would just be like reading about denim, searching for different genes for like hours. What was- <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, you're not alone. Welcome to the majority of the listeners of this show. Yes. Um, yes. What, what was like your first denim th- that you, I mean, that you see that you're like, oh, okay, I get this. Because a lot of people, you know, it's like, oh, I got a pair of, you know, I got a pair of APC, you know, and that would that was my my MO. But then I, you know, next thing you know, I get X brand. What was that? This was like, 
this is actually the first, this is when I was doing the office and I was out in LA and I had some money and I went to Wasteland, which is like a, you know, second, it, it's like high end second hand. Okay. Um, and got a, I found a pair of Imogene and Willie Barton Slim jeans. And oh, I was yeah? like, what the hell is this? And, <laughs> you know, and bottom. What are these things? Yeah. What is raw? De- raw denim? Am I saying that right? Raw? And, uh, and then from there, I mean, within a month, had like five pairs, <laughs> five pairs of like different brands, then figured out that like blue and green was here. Oh, yeah. Got was like, oh, this is what pure blue Japan is. Eternal okay, you samurai. Went, oh, like, damn. You went real deep. Oh, oh. And then going into like what the Osaka five and like what? all that. And then. Sort of like looking down on APC and then eventually being like, actually, APC's got a cool thing going. We're in a pair of APCs today. And then never really got into the like, the crazy where guys are like 32 ounce like elephant jeans, you know, or oh, the yeah. like you, well, did rainbow you get slub. Or I'm like, I don't really want my pants to look like Fruity Pebbles. Like, yeah. I'm, I still need them to look like jeans, guys. But did you get into like, Ironheart? Uh, I've never owned a pair, but very much dig their stuff. Yeah. Also really like that they seem, those guys and like eat dust. And there's some guys who are like, we make stuff for motorcycle guys. Yeah. If you other guys want to wear it, that's fine. But like, this is for motorcycle guys. Yeah. Which, um, as a guy who's not a motorcycle guy, <laughs> it's like, kind well, of nice to be like, well, you're still tethered to something in the real world, you know? Whereas right, like, right. um, I'd say that would be the like complaint against double RL is that you're like, you're reimagining workwear for people who aren't doing any work in those things for the most part. Yeah. And now finally I've settled on like this brand resolute, which is like the second coming of the guy who created denim back in like the eighties, nineties. And it's the most like pared down denim. Uh, he's got like three or four cuts. And it's so, it's like when you've, it's like you, I learned about a thing and then wanted like all the bells and whistles. And then you sort of get sick of the bells and whistles and figure out like, actually the really refined, thoughtful thing is pretty great. It's when you eat, like you discover ice cream and then eat like all the Ben and Jerry's flavors and then go back and be like, vanilla is pretty good, man. Dude, vanilla is This vanilla is real, a thoughtful vanilla is really nice. <laughs> so like now I'm like hot on those. Cause I, you know, like, and then I got into suiting for a while thinking that like, that was, I was going to be this guy now, by the way, like, I don't have any reason to own suits. Like I have no, maybe I go to an event. I was going to say, you have reasons to own suits, but you I do, don't need to like, dude, you're, you're an actor who goes on the red carpet. Like I'll just, I'll call it out sure. there. But those things, <laughs> here's the other thing that was like, I always think that's a great time to like pull from what I have to, to, cause I want to feel a certain oh, way. Right? You got reality, yeah. A little bit, but the reality <laughs> is like, wear a black suit, wear a black or gray suit with a white or blue shirt. You're here for business. Like, unless Ooh. you're, you know, like backed by Prada or some other line, who's just going to like throw clothes at you to look cool on all these different carpets. Right. And you're just like, it's kind of like disposable to you. You're best like keeping it clean because the thing that I'm, personally like want to walk around and is like a an olive drab like flannel double-breasted suit but that looks nuts (laughs) when you show up at an event it's a 
it doesn't read as like thoughtful. It reads as someone who's like trying a little hard. Oh, it doesn't read as like I've been here before, which is weirdly part of the like cool of like oh this is just another this is just another red carpet bro. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, okay, so because if I was you, which I'm not, I'm a guy who runs a podcast versus a person who does okay actual stuff. I would be wearing all sorts of dope shit, being like, check me out. You just said, like, an olive flannel double-breasted suit. Yeah. Dude, that sounds fire. Do you have one? Uh, no, I'm thinking about getting one made. You should definitely get one. Like Jay Muser have those. They're, doing, they're making me a coat right now, actually. Very excited. Are they? Loved the, his interview on here. Okay. And saw some pictures. Getting a uh, Casentino. Um, it's a little darker than Camel. And we, like, kind of went wide on the lapel and, like, a little longer on the, okay. on the length. So if I was you... Mm-hmm. Again, which I'm not. <laughs> okay, good, good. And you don't need advice from me. Yep, yep. Wear that shit on the red carpet. That's that's fire. Right. And so now my thing though with that, right, is that and this is a new this is this is new Jake, right? Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's just like the ability to like ha- pair something like that mm-hmm. with like a vintage red hoodie. Okay. You know, and like a pair of like blown out jeans and then maybe like a pair of boots. Okay. You know what I mean? Like this mix of being like, you can actually be all those guys. You don't have to be like the head to toe double RL guy or the head to toe Drake's guy or the head to toe. You know what I mean? Like, or the head to toe, like works in progress. It's like, you can actually throw some of those pieces together and just be you Jake, which is like a new thing. You know what I mean? To, to, to be like, I can get this really dope, like top coat. But I don't have to match it with like a pinstripe flannel suit and a tie and a like yeah, pocket trash. square and a thing and it, like to just go so into it that you're like, where are you going? Where are you? Co- don't you? Dude, I, you're just an actor, right? Like you audition <laughs> to play other people. What are you doing dressed like well, this? So the best part about all this is, I think it gives me hope, but also a lot of other people in the fact that, I mean, what you're wrestling with is basically how to create your own style. Yeah. I mean, that that's, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really, I mean, I've gone through the same thing. You know, I went way down the rabbit hole. I used to only wear Tom Brown. It's like 2005, 2006. I used to only wear Rick Owens. I used to only wear, you know, this is me now. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yes. It's like, because in so many ways, and I don't know if it's me being in New York or what, but, um, I wanted to tell other people who I was. Definitely. So I could believe that. Definitely. Versus just trying to like own your own. Definitely. You know, and I think at least from a style perspective, and this is, you know, why I'm like so glad you came on the show because you're also a dad. And I think when you become a father, we have kids that are about the same age. It is a mind blowing, you know, like your world zooms out from where you stand. Because you realize that so much of this stuff doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I still have a nice time, like, dashing out of the house and being like, I'm going to throw this little outfit together because I think it looks cool. Yeah. Even though I'm, like, going to get, like, orange juice, you know? The thing, for me, like, that acceptance part, maybe, or the, like, the, the, the understanding of, like, where this falls in importance in my life. Right. In terms of my own business is, like for a long time wanting to 
like I get cast whatever the like context of the project most of the time as like a nice guy uh-huh. as like a good guy as like the boyfriend that's kind of great though or is or is it it's uh well for a long time I've been like I want to be like why am I not Clint Eastwood oh why am I not Tom Hardy why am I not like why am I not the square jawed squinty eyed like guy with a gun <laughs> you know like saves the day like that kind of thing sure. like why am i not the cool guy why am i you know and have like railed against that lack of response in that way like within myself within the business like and been like no i can be that guy i can totally be that guy i can change into that guy mm. i can be that guy if you need me to be that guy and and now like with those priorities shifting and being like you know what? I want to buy a nice house. I just want to have a nice house and like be able to take care of my family and, um, and not be stressed about that and be able to like, um, work and be fulfilled by that in some way, but also be fulfilled by my family. That then I start to look at like guys who've put careers together, like Paul Rudd, where it's like, you don't see Paul Rudd with like, a gun and a walkie talkie, like getting ready to take the shot, you know, like he's been the husband and the boyfriend and the goofball and the bad employee. And that like, and has had a wonderful career and like inhabits that space of being like a good guy. Um, and so then looking to that and being like, I want to follow that thing. Like, how do I do that? And sort of, if, if people want to hire me as like the good dude, let them, <laughs> you know, stop <laughs> to myself being like, stop, thinking that the only way for there to be like a truly creative endeavor is for it to be the revenant and be like, yeah, or, um, or something else, you know, like something that isn't letting me know how hard I've worked to prove to everybody in the world that like Jake's a real actor because he's out here grinding and he's tough and being like, yeah, but maybe you're not that guy. Maybe you could also be like Jack lemon because the apartment is phenomenal, and he's also incredible. Forty years later, in Glengarry Glen Ross, like, yeah. and he's not necessarily the guy with the gun, yeah. But there's like a a thing in our culture that like reveres that individual, that character, and so then I like took that on as being like, I need to be that person. I need to get that validation. That dude, that's fascinating, and I I think you know to to jump back a bit in a way like that's that's super relatable to every single person because i mean obviously i wrestle with that trying to figure out what my identity is through clothing but also not it's okay to still like clothes it's okay to still want you know those jeans or that jacket or that shirt it's just like when you let these things define you because you're refusing to define yourself is where things get like kind of kind of wild and also like i had to find you know like my wife helped a lot with this I mean, she's the one that pointed it out to me, and then I sort of, I don't know. How long have you guys been together? Oh, man. We've been together for like 10 years. Okay. But we've been married for uh, four and some change. Nice. Um, but she was like, just because something is cool and you like it doesn't necessarily mean it like works on you. Oof. Which she didn't mean to be like, you can't pull that off. As much as being like... I agree. That's a really cool look. Right. I'm not sure that that's not that it doesn't look good on you as much as being like, I'm just not sure that's you. 
And like, it's cool that you appreciate that, but you may not need to take it on as your own. Um, which also like freed me up a little bit to be like, why am I not this guy? And it's like, I was searching to define it. And that the searching for definition was actually like a distraction from the acceptance of just me. Oof. And that like, when you get down to just accepting you, that defines itself. I kept looking to be like, this thing will define me. Right. And then I'll be that guy. Yeah. This thing over here, maybe I'll get really jacked. And then I'll just have to be an action hero. I went in years ago. I went in uh, for the first G.I. Joe movie. And I showed up and I was like, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> it's just dudes who are so, like, guys who make The Rock look skinny. You know what I mean? Where I was like, you have misjudged <laughs> um, whether I should be here, you know? It was a bunch of Rambos, you know what I mean? Hanging out where I was just like, this is not, you've, this is not the right casting office for me right now. Um, but trying to find those things to like define me instead of being like, all right, this is the guy I am. I'm this. And sometimes I'm that. And sometimes I'm that. And it's okay. It really came out in like, I was trying to create a show because, uh, you can do that now. (laughs) There's so many outlets that you can like, if you've, Got yeah. a good enough idea, you can go to a series of places and, you know, try to th- throw your stuff around. Um, Are you still trying? I'm trying in the sense that, like, for a long time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted that show to be. Okay. And then I figured out that, like, I was uh, once again trying to, like, shoehorn my own, the reality of who I am as a person into what I wanted the reality to be. So where I'd be like, I should make a show about a guy who looks like just me, but is actually like an assassin. (laughs) You know, like, could not have more been like, let me fit the mold that I think I'm supposed to be. As opposed to being like, a great example, the new Paul Rudd show. A guy who like, sometimes can be handsome and charming, and sometimes can be a depressive schlub. And those two things battle it out for his own existence oh, as the, to like which one will win and which one will fail, you know? Right. This, the, this, the Netflix show. Yeah. Living with myself, living yeah. with yourself, something like that, which is like, that's way more akin to how I feel and experience the world on a day to day basis. So can you, you're in this new high fidelity show that's coming out. Yes. How did this happen? Uh, well, my understanding is that the two creators had pitched it. And then, I mean, just the, like, internals of this business is that like there's an arm of the studio that owns the rights to high fidelity and their whole job is to take ip of films they own and turn them into tv shows and so they already were excited about it and then it so happened that those elements coincided and um they had sort of altered the story in making rob um a female protagonist rather than you know an angry white guy in his early forties. And, um, cause that's not really what sells right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then Zoe Kravitz came on board and it was originally sort of being tossed around, not at Hulu, but at, I forget where it's going to be, but it landed at, at Hulu. Um, thankfully. And, uh, and so it really, it, it, it like pulls from the book and from the film a bit, but it's Zoe owns a championship final in Brooklyn and has two employees. And, uh, in the first episode, she's like getting 
back out into the dating world and that's where uh, she and I uh come across each other. Yeah. And uh and then through the season you watch like you know what Rob gets up to and then as far as my part you sort of watch their paths uh sort of weave in and out uh with one another. So I got to like live here and you know shoot at home and uh you shot it here? Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, that's that's the best, man. Like it's coming coming home from work and hanging out with your kids. Plus also like kids. to to you know, the dream like for me the dream is to like work with people you like on material you like in New York. I think it's going to be good. That's that's sick. That's really amazing. Jake, thank you. Thank you so much. Hey man, my pleasure. pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. All right, man. Good chatting. Later. You've been listening to Blamo. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Blamo is edited by Brendan Finn. If you like the show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The ratings help what others know we're doing something good. You can follow along with us on Instagram at Blamo Podcast or send us an email at info at blamopod.com. Want to know more about what's going on in fashion or menswear or just meet other folks like you? Join our Slack group. It's a private chat group online where tons of Blamo listeners chat about everything. Send us an email saying, hey, I want to join, and we'll get you in. All right, we'll see you next week.